the podcast critics have spoken. Has this guy ever actually interviewed anyone before? And? Wow, that was long. And? I don't have time to listen. Very busy. Sounds like this podcast isn't winning any awards anytime soon. Uh, he did win an award in 2011. Stop living in the past. What else with Corey Mann? Wherever podcasts are sold. Isn't it free? Part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Welcome to the Woe Bizzle Podcast for women who own or aspire to own their own businesses. I'm Michelle. And I'm Melissa. And we're here to give you the tips and tools you need to succeed. Let's get started. Okay, so today is episode five of the Woe Bizzle Podcast, and the topic we are tackling today is surviving peaks and valleys. Whew. Peaks and valleys, hard work. <sighs> it is, and it's really kind of a reality for most solopreneurs. You're going to have peaks and you're going to have valleys. Well, in really any industry, you yeah. know, whether it's retail, any service-based industry, whatever, you're going to have slow periods and periods of overwhelm. Yes, absolutely. So a few of the things that we're going to discuss are strategies to deal with peaks and valleys while you're in the moment, mm-hmm. because they can be overwhelming in different ways. Also, strategies to see them coming and try to mitigate that intensity. Right. We're also going to talk about working towards a more balanced schedule to avoid some of the peaks and valleys, as well as valley panic. Ooh, Ooh valley yes. panic. Yes, valley panic can lead to some Ooh. bad decisions. Well, I tell you what, Melissa, I am in peak mode right now. I'm actually just coming down off of peak mode. And it has been six months of peak mode. It's been intense and I've been ready. Which, on the one hand, good for you. Right. And that's, I think that's kind of a common thing is, you know, when you discuss that with anyone who maybe, maybe they're not a solopreneur or whatever, but they'll be like, oh, well, too much work is a good thing. Well, yeah, within reason. Right. And it's not sustainable. No, it really, it really isn't. It really isn't. I mean, I, well, we both had had, yeah, I've had the quite last the peak. Several weeks of just, I mean, I had, you know, I think I talked about it last time, four days in a row of fourteen-hour days, and that should never happen as as a marketing no. professional. As a, there are not <laughs> that many emergencies. There just aren't. There really aren't. You're real. There really aren't. But I know that it can also often, especially when you're first starting out. But I don't think you ever. I mean, I've been doing this for seven years. I don't think you ever get completely over that idea of, I need to take the work because next month I might not have enough on my schedule. Right. And so I think that that's, I think that's a really challenging part of being a solopreneur. It is. And really probably any business um, to a certain extent is, you know, you kind of have to work while the work's there. And, um, and just sometimes the work just keeps coming. And that right. is a good thing. It is a good thing, but it can also be a very bad thing. You know, my husband is in a service-based industry, and he will find himself doing the same thing that we do. He'll take extra appointments because the phone is ringing. And we, you know, I've been in this business for a long time, but I still hit those those fear moments of take the work while it's here. You never know where your next paycheck's coming from, blah, blah, blah. And... It, it's it's overwhelming. Yeah, it really is. And you know, I think that's so. That I think really one of the first steps in trying to 
um, have a strategy. Is that are we out in the airfield? Do you hear the airplane? Going? <laughs> <laughs> We're not in an airport. Know. No, we are not recording in an airport. Um, but uh, I think some of the uh, one of the first steps in in dealing with it in the moment. Um, is just accepting that it is, it's a reality. Right. It's going to happen. So um, you just have to be prepared for it and you have to do your best to survive it. Right. Um, so, I mean, for, for as far as a peak goes, I think some of the most um, kind of common things that happen to me during a peak in my workflow is I feel like I'm in triage mode. Yes. Just constantly, <laughs> I'm just trying to get this piece off of my desk so that I can work on the next piece and I'm really, and I have tunnel vision. I'm really not seeing right outside of what's right in front of me. And that's just a really uncomfortable situation for me. I don't it enjoy is. that. Well, there's a, there's a, there's a level of hysteria that comes with yes. that. Just go, 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 you know, mark it off your list next, mark it off your list next. And it's, it's exhausting. Yeah. And I think there's a real risk, uh, for mistakes to happen. Uh-huh. Well, you're not doing your best work when no. you're in triage mode. You're just trying to prevent the bleeding. Yeah, exactly. And you're you're not doing your best work. You're not, at least I know myself personally, I'm not as creative mm-hmm. when I'm rushed. Yes. I can't step back and look at the project and, and maybe tackle it in a way that I would if I had more time. Yeah. And so I try to give each project the time and respect that it deserves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, it's uh, an extreme influx of work I mean it just it just makes you feel like you're I don't know it you're never you getting out. To think yeah of exactly it. <laughs> like you're never getting out of it and you know it's really uh yeah it just can be so frustrating and so stressful I mean these uh the last really intense so I've been in a peak for about six months and a really extreme at the very top of it I think a few weeks ago and I would come out of my office and my husband would just look at me, and I would just have this dazed look, like of a zombie, you know. Right. <laughs> kind of, and you know, it was way past dinner time, and you know, no food to be had. You know, like house, in the house. Dark, yeah, yeah, exactly. The house is dark, and it's just you know, it's just not, it's just not good for your body. It's no. not good for your your mental, you know, health. It's yeah. Well, it's, it's really not good for your physical health either. I mean, I'm coming off of a huge peak, and the first of the year, I was sick. The whole mm-hmm. first of the year, because I didn't listen to the signs of, you know, my body saying, hey, you've got the flu. It's like, no, I've got, a, I've got an appointment or whatever. Right. And so it just kept getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And then I had pneumonia. I had no choice yeah. but to stop. Your body said, screw yeah, this. Screw this. <laughs> You're taking a day off. I watched Ellen three days in a row. <laughs> I haven't watched Ellen in years. And I watched it three days in a row. And on the third day, I thought this is what my life has become. <laughs> yes. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I've never stopped during the day to watch Ellen. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, but yeah, I mean, it is, a, it is a reality that you face as a solopreneur or really any type of, any type of uh, business. And I think as far as trying to survive it, I mean, some of the things that are helpful for me, definitely uh, managing expectations. Yes. And I need to work harder on that sometimes because I am, you know, I'll be in the middle. I'll have so much on my list. And back to that whole idea of, you know, if you don't take the work now, you may not have it later. Mm-hmm. And I should know better by now. Right. I, but I don't. I still have kind of that feast or famine mentality. And so what it seems like when you're in the middle of it and you have too many things on your plate, that's when, I don't know if you're drawing the energy toward you or whatever, but more things come in. And it becomes a very chaotic Yes. And so you have requests from people coming in that maybe you haven't heard from in six months or something like that. All of a sudden, you've just got 
more than you can handle. And, um, you know, I need to do a better job of managing expectations sometimes because I know I like this past extreme peak I had, it was right before the, um, the holidays and I had a, uh, a job come in. It was a big, big video project and it was like three videos and the client needed them by yesterday. Uh, yeah. No, <laughs> they needed them by the first of the year. And so it was, you know, we, it was a really tight schedule, a real, very tight timeline, completely doable, but certain things were, we were going to have to make certain milestones mm-hmm. for this to happen. And there was a little bit of dragging of the feet on the client side. No, surely not. <laughs> Just a little bit. Just a little. Yeah. Just a little bit. It wasn't significant, but it was enough that it was really kind of compressing that timeline around a very busy time already, uh, you know, just with holidays and things like that. But then on top of it, I had a lot of end of year, you know, a lot of clients will come in at the end of the year and need to spend some money or or want mm-hmm. to finalize right. that project they've been putting off so they can start fresh with the new year. So I had a lot of other stuff coming in. And so this compressed that timeline. Well, the client came back and said... Um, oh, it looks like maybe we aren't going to be able to make that first of the year deadline. I should have said, you're right. Right. But I didn't. I said, oh, no, we can still do it. Oh. <laughs> because, you know, the high level of customer service right, that right, I want right. to be able to provide, mm-hmm. I want to be able to to fulfill my commitments. Right. And I really, truly did believe that we could do it. And we we did it. We were able to do it. It was a tag team project with my husband, who's a videographer. And... But it was too intense. Right. We pushed it too hard. It was way, we should not have been working that hard. And then juggling all the other stuff. Right. And I think another reason is I also wanted it off my plate. It was a really big thing hanging over my head. And I knew I had other stuff stacking up behind it. Well, and it becomes an energetic thing. It's like, it's not a cloud. That's not the right word for it. But it's just, it's just big. It's just much. And it takes up a lot of bandwidth. Mm -hmm. And everything feels kind of scattered and, and broken behind it. Yeah. So I tend to, I, I really need to do a better job of managing expectations. When I do it, I feel much better about it. Right. But being able to say realistically, when that project comes in, here's a realistic timeline. And I need to build tw- probably 20 more percent of a, you know, time in Right, there. because there are going to be unforeseen right. things. Right. So I need to say, if it really is only going to take four weeks... I really should say it's going to take six. Right. Because knowing that back and forth. And see, I came out of news, and that's part of my problem, is because I know anything can be done in a matter of minutes. Right. You know, if you if you really push forward. You know, I came from an intense environment where deadlines were met, impossible deadlines were met on a daily basis. Right. And so I know what I'm capable of, but I forget that there's all these other moving parts sometimes, right. and they're going to take right. longer. So I I need to do a better job of saying, okay, this is going to this is going to take this much time, and really putting that pad time in there, knowing well, that there's going to be back and forth. And I think that what you're talking about, you know, you had shared with me that quote, "No is a complete sentence." Yes. <laughs> But really, we need to set the expectations so we can deliver the high cal- you know, caliber mm-hmm. of customer service that we've built our businesses around and just build that 20% in. Because if you, you know, you're screaming across the finish line and you're dragging the project behind you, mm-hmm. it's not your best work. Yeah. And you know, managing expectations, that's so huge. And I've, I've had a couple of projects just here recently with long-term clients who I have great, great relationships with. Uh, one of them popped up and said, hey, can you take care of this for me? And I said, 
I can't do it until at least the end of next week. I hope that that's okay. And she was like, perfect. I appreciate you working it in. Mm -hmm. And that was like a no. I mean, I wasn't saying, no, I can't do it. I was saying, no, I can't do it this week. And and guess what? I still got the project. Right. Everybody was was still happy. And then I have another long-term client who, who needs some miscellaneous work done. And I've had to, you know, say I've got five to 10 hours, Mm -hmm. like period. That's all I have Mm -hmm. this week and next. And, and just kind of setting those guidelines and managing those expectations. And I'm able to deliver that, but I couldn't give them 20. Right. You know, not without sacrificing some, something else, quality, deadline, Mm -hmm. something. And those aren't things that I want to compromise on. Yeah, I was I was very proud of myself right about the time that all that video stuff was happening. I had a long-term client that I hadn't done any work with for a few months pop back up end of year mm-hmm. and needed three things. And and I kind of knew they were probably going to come in even though I hadn't talked to him in a while because right. it was kind of one of those things that we do got every year together. Uh-huh. And he came in with these three things and I had to tell him I can't do all three. I can do one of them. So, and I, you know, I basically, he needed them all done. So he either had to do the other two on his own or find someone else to do them. Right. And that was tough for me because, you know, he's a long-term client. Um, These were things I knew how to do, but I just did not have the bandwidth. Right. And I, I honestly didn't even have time to reach out to him in advance to, to tell him, you know, to right. prod him along or whatever and say, hey, I'm not, I'm, my time is getting, is getting um, pretty tight. And if you need this done, I'm going to, I need to know now. Right. And um, so I was pretty proud of myself for, for holding the line, right. but I had no, I had no other choice. You know, I really did not have the bandwidth to do that stuff that he needed done. I, I could do one. Well, and it's not fair to the other clients that you have on the table or the other projects right. that you have on your desk. Yeah. You know, someone hires you to do this project. They expect you to do it well on the timeline that is agreed upon. You can't sacrifice that prior you know, agreement mm-hmm. to take on something else. You can't be all things to all people. No, absolutely not. So another thing that, um, so saying no definitely can yes. help you. Help or saying you not right now. Not right now is probably, yeah, is probably better than no. Sometimes you have to say no, but saying not right now I, is, It's yeah. easier for me to say no to someone I've never worked with. Right. If it's, yes. a, if it's an existing client, it's not right now. Yeah. We could do it next Thursday or I could work it in, you know, week after next or whatever. But if it's a new client, an unknown mm-hmm. That I might just pass off yeah. if I'm in a peak. Yeah. And you know, the thing is, like you said, people are fine with it. Yeah. I know. You know? I know. We and often you, do this to ourselves. We do. We set ourselves up for these situations. Totally because set. people are fine with it. They're like, oh, okay. Okay. Well, then that's great. Yeah. Like we, I think, have an expectation that everybody needs it now. And maybe well, sometimes they do or they believe that they do. But if they really want your quality of work and, mm-hmm. and, and the service that you're going to deliver, then they'll they'll wait within a reasonable time. Right. And I have had to tell people, I, I had to tell someone a couple of years ago, another peak, a, like a long-standing peak came in with something and I knew it was going to be a time-consuming project. It wasn't going to be huge. It was mm-hmm. going to be kind of a medium-sized project. And I just said, you know, I can't get it on my schedule until three months from now. And so I ended up referring him to someone else in my network because And I'm that's like, why I, networks are worth their yeah. weight in gold. I mean, and it was truly. fine. Yes. I didn't suffer from not taking the job, and I actually, you know, probably provided some good revenue for for a right. friend that was doing the same thing that maybe needed the work at the time. Mm-hmm. And 
You've, yeah. you've referred things to me. Mm-hmm. I've referred things yes. to you. It's how things are done. Well, yeah. you know, in my husband, a completely different industry, but he'll overbook because somebody needs to get in to see him. They need to get in right now. And I said, you know, I need to get my hair cut, but that doesn't mean I don't have to wait 10 days to get in. Right. Yes. You know? Right. Exactly. I need to see the doctor, but that doesn't mean I, you know, don't have to wait a week to get in. And so... Every industry, I mean, unless you are a retail point of sale type of place, sometimes you have to wait. Yeah, we should really take um, some cues from our friends that are in appointment-based service Our massage therapist friends, hairdresser friends. They don't have two people on the table to say, unless it's a couple's massage. They're not like massaging two (laughs) people at the same time. Yeah, they're not doing a month. And they always give themselves time to turn the room and to, you know. And so they they have it down. We should take some cues from them. I agree. That kind of... uh, kind of slides nicely into just the concept of scheduling you know when you're in the middle of a peak being able to stay organized and schedule your time um just so you don't get and not over schedule right so i think you know you cannot possibly be productive if you over schedule no i looked at the week coming up a week ago Mm -hmm. and said i can book nothing else Right. Yes. And being and accepting that as reality. Not another yoga class, not another lunch with a friend, not another project, not another phone call. I can't book anything else because if I do, I've hit the tipping point. Right. And it just goes into panic. Yes. Everything needs scheduled. And I I get to the point too where I, you know, can even schedule, um, like schedule actual activities. So not just appointments and calls and things like that, but during this block of time, I'm doing this. Right. And I'm protecting that block of time uh-huh. and I'm, I'm doing, I'm, you know, not allowing anything. I close to, my email. Mm-hmm. I silence yeah. my phone. Yes. And me and Spotify get through whatever it is. Yeah. I have to turn, actually turn my phone over too. So those random pop-up notifications. Oh, I've got the cover. I've I don't know. Oh, cover. oh yeah. that's perfect. Yeah. Because sometimes I'll, I'll like, you know, just that light, it'll light up and it'll be some random notification from some app I don't even know It'll be my home alarm. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be my alarm system telling me, it looks like everyone is away. Yeah. We're going to adjust your thermostat. I'm like, oh, for God's It's so sake. easy to get sidetracked. Yeah. Well, days. I take off my watch sometimes too, oh, my Apple watch, because I get my notifications there. And if I just mm-hmm. don't want the ding, 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 mm-hmm. I'll just set it on the desk. Yeah. Once you take it off, it doesn't, it doesn't ding. Oh that oh okay yeah. that's good. Well, I have to I have to leave my Fitbit on so I'm reminded to to get up. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but staying organized is huge, and I you know I make lists. I think we've discussed my crazy lists, but I know you. Have we crazy all have lists. our list yes. compulsions, yes. <laughs> but that's that's really huge for me being able to organize. I organize by client and task that needs to be done um, to move the project forward. So right. I'll have each client. I have. On my list, and this also would help if I got hit by a bus. My husband could like, <laughs> see the piece of paper and know all the clients to notify. Every, here's everybody that's an active project right, right now. Right, right, right. But by a, by client, so a client, and then the things that need to be done to move the project forward, and then when I'm in triage mode, I organize that by day. So normally it's a weekly list. Uh-huh. Like here's what needs to happen this week, and then if I'm in triage mode, then I I get out a post it. And here are the three things that need to happen today. Yes. Absolutely have to happen today. My post-it notes are my on-fire list. Yeah. I I keep my list a little bit different. I just have a master list, and I have the client name and task, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. And it's just page after page, and I mark them off. But every at the end of every day, following the Jack Canfield School of Thought, end with the beginning in mind, I write down the the 10 things that I need to get done tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Like, what's urgent? And so then I hit my desk, and I'm already... 
up to speed. I yes. don't have to check my email and think, okay, what was that thing that I needed to do first? This is just bam, there it is. Right. Do it. You know exactly where mm-hmm. to start. Yeah. And so what I do with my list then is, you know, so I typically touch more than one client project a day, which I'm oh, yeah, sure you I do, do too. too. And so um, if I can stick to that list, I, I can kind of prioritize them as well. And one thing I do also is on that list. So if I have a task on that list, that's going to take less than an hour to do, mm-hmm. I will mark it I'll make like kind of a dot in front of it. I know it's a kind of a small, small item so that if I have say a call or a meeting or something that gets canceled, rescheduled, whatever, somebody doesn't show up for something then I can go back to that list and know, Hey, that's, I can use that time now for this. Yeah. Super fast. Instantly can go right to that thing that's highlighted in yellow or whatever and say, okay, I can get this done right now with the time I've been given. Right. This gift that I've been given. Nice. So, so that's kind of how I do uh, try to stay organized. Um, and I know, yeah, so you do some stuff at the end of the day to get to ready. Get for ready. Yeah. And I do, um, I definitely spend time like Sunday, Sunday afternoon, mm-hmm. uh, is a great time to kind of take a look at the week right. and, and get yourself prepared. Um, that's when I once. use asterisks and highlighters yes. on my master <laughs> list. Like, I'm really glad that your husband can understand your list because if anybody yes. looked at mine, they would think this woman is insane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I have my own kind of shorthand too. Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 My, yeah. Mine is categorized by client. And then, yeah, usually I, I will sometimes put, um, I'll keep a lot of stuff in my head, which I shouldn't, but I will sometimes put things that I know are not going to get done that week but they are the next logical step in the process so that I can then roll things over from right. week to week. And, mm-hmm. But um, you can't keep things in your head, especially when you're in a peak because things are going to get lost. They fall right out. Right. You out. Put them in or you remember it at right eight 30 at night. Like you finally have <laughs> stepped away from your desk. You've had dinner. You're doing something enjoyable and you're like, crap. And you're running back to your desk, sending out that email. I've had a few things fall out, a few important things fall out of my head lately. And I think that's a sign of burnout, which I think is our next Right, podcast. right, right. We're going to talk <laughs> about burnout next week. So yeah, staying or- organized is just completely critical. Keep, you know, keep one calendar. Everything is on one calendar. I keep everything digitally. Yeah. Just right there. Yeah, you don't you don't need things in other places because that's just going to lead to a situation. Where I have different color calendars over. in that calendar, right? Like yes. home, right? Work, yeah. You know, yeah. You can use you can have sub calendars, but you need one view, one place where you can right. see everything, so that nothing falls falls off the page, or you don't double book yourself, or that type of thing. So, um, give yourself time to breathe. I oh, think that's a really a important thing in, in terms of dealing with a peak while you're in the moment. Huge. Huge. Um, I think the uh, the brain needs a break every 90 minutes huh. to stay productive. So in every hour to 90 minutes, you should be taking some type of break. It might be getting up out of your chair and walking, if you're if you office at home, walking around the house. Right. Or maybe you take, maybe you take a full-on 10-minute break. You go walk around the block. Or right. you go make yourself a cup of coffee or tea or... Something, something to mm-hmm. to basically, you know, signify. Okay, we're taking a break now for the brain to just kind of adjust and and get back onto task when you get back to your. Desk. You know, I did that really well when we lived in a condo and I officed at home. Mm-hmm. We, uh, I had a puppy, and oh, about every yes. ninety minutes, he and I would take a walk, mm-hmm. and it was wonderful. I feel like I, that was a really, really highly productive time for me too. Mm-hmm. Maybe I need a condo and a puppy. Maybe you do. <laughs> But yeah, very important to take a break. Uh, 
Yeah, and even, you know, my Fitbit tells me to get up yeah. pretty much every hour. And I've got my standing desk now, too, which is mm-hmm. kind of mixing things up a little bit. Yeah. But, yeah, even just taking the time to to just not be thinking about whatever it was that you're thinking about. I mean, the brain needs time, downtime. Right. Well, and, and it's good to try to schedule those in between tasks, yes. too. It helps you shift gears because I think that, you know, I was explaining to my husband, like, what my billable hours are versus the hours I'm actually at the desk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of gear shifting that oh, goes yeah, on there absolutely. that's not billable time yes. mm-hmm. or, you know, mopping up a detail or checking mm-hmm. your email real quick or whatever. So if you can schedule those breaks between tasks, yes. it will just help you shift gears. Because yeah. if you're working on something for a financial client and then you're getting into something for a wellness practice, you know, business or whatever, mm-hmm. there's a lot of gear shifting. That oh, yeah. Your there. mindset has to completely The tone change. has to change. The approach has to change. The project changes. And so it's a good time to just, you know, step away. I think it's going to make you more productive. And I think it'll also, it can help you solve problems and, and be even more creative. You've, you've noticed, I'm sure you've noticed, I've noticed, I'm able to all of a sudden have aha moments when I'm in the shower mm-hmm. or I'm out for a walk right? with no distractions. If I'm just like, it, you know, it's, it gives your brain time to rest and work out the stuff that needs worked out. Last time we left town, I had worked out 15 problems by the time I got, you know, my plane landed in our first spot. Yes. Like we were just changing planes. I'd Mm -hmm. been on the plane for an hour and a half and I was like, oh, solved all the problems in the world. (laughs) Or at least in your world. At least in my (laughs) world, right. So yeah, giving yourself a little time to breathe, a little time, a little break time is, is critical as well. And then one thing, don't forget to track your time. It can get really easy when you're in a peak and you're bouncing around from thing to thing to lose, leave some time on the table. Right. I mean, I catch, I catch it all the time. Or you know, sometimes worse yet is I leave my timer running, and then I have to guess. Oh gosh. You oh know, yeah. You know, and so I know I end up undercutting myself in those situations mm-hmm. because I don't want to overcut for the client. Right. So make sure you're tracking your time properly, and you're you're getting credit for everything that all the minutes and seconds that you're putting in, mm-hmm. because um, you need them. You're you're putting the time in. I've I've gone through peaks sometimes when I felt like I haven't made any more money than when I Which was. Which is so depressing. It is so like depressing. I have worked myself. I get up from my desk and I'm like shaking. <laughs> yes. Just kind of, you know, wobble into the kitchen. My arms are shaking. I look shaking. like a shrimp because oh. my, my back is curled down and I'm walking like a shrimp. And I usually shrimp. have like stress hives by then or whatever. And it's just... <laughs> So yeah, make sure you're, if you're going to be putting the time in, definitely make sure you're going to get paid for it. So that's very important. What about valleys? So I'm, I'm so in peak mode right now. It's been six months. I'm the valley panic. Think about the valley panic. I forgot what it, what it feels like to be in a valley, but that, that can be rough too. Well, I mean, I've been in this business for 20 plus years and I still will hit times to where I'll think, the jig is up. Like, (laughs) This is the moment I have to close my doors. And I've done, you know, I've I've made some bad valley panic decisions mm. over the years. Mm-hmm. And I'll be the first to, to admit it. I have to. You know, I'll take a lower paying job or I'll take a high maintenance client. And in a, in a peak, I would see that high maintenance client coming and I would be like, there is no you way that we have time for this. 10 miles away, Woo! yeah. <laughs> but in a valley, I'm like, sure, I can take that over for mm-hmm. you. And then you're just... You're just in it, and it's hard to get back out. And so, you know, that's one valley decision that I have made, taking on the high-maintenance clients. Mm -hmm. I've taken on low-paying projects. I've taken on part-time jobs. 
because you think this is it. Mm -hmm. It's over. And I feel like, you know, over the past few years, I've been able to kind of financially forecast Mm -hmm. those valleys a little bit better. Um, I came out of my peak a little bit sooner than you did, I think, because Mm -hmm. I got sick. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just looked at my month and it's it's a lower month than what I'm, mm-hmm. you know, what I've generally had, but it's okay because I was financially prepared for it. And it's right. kind of my slow time of year anyway, mm-hmm. February, March, generally kind of slow. Um, I don't know why, just historically they have been. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the bad valley decisions I've made. What have you done? Oh, the same kind of stuff, you know, do you take on a low maintenance or, or rather high maintenance? Was, yeah. <laughs> high maintenance. Low maintenance clients. I'll take those anytime. Goodness. Yeah. High maintenance client or low paying client. Yes. Um, you take projects that are, that you get absolutely no joy out of, but oh, yeah. you just know, to grind them out. Just kind of, yeah. To grind it out. Um, and I, I think that, I think that those are definitely bad decisions and, you know, but sometimes you, you got to pay the bills. Right. So sometimes you have to, you have to do those things. Um, but I think trying to, one of the, one of the strategies, if you're in a position where you've had a peak and you know, the money's coming in, one of the best things you can do is first of all, know that a Valley is, if you if you're good at what you do and you have a good network and you've been doing it for well, some time, it's not going to be forever. No. And I think Part of that is also remaining proactive with your clients. Keep yes. in touch. Yes. Follow up. Yeah. Those are the best things I think you can do when you have a valley is spend time on your business. Mm-hmm. So reaching out to that network. Right. Uh, and, you know, checking in, maybe going to some networking events. Uh, spend some time working on your outreach strategy. So maybe you stockpile a bunch of marketing emails uh-huh. so that you can schedule them out over the next six months or whatever. Right. Uh, your social media, being active there, scheduling that stuff out so that when you're in a peak and you don't have time for it, nobody's going to notice. Right. You can't wait to market until you're in you're in a bind. No. Because no. then it's desperate and sad. No. So just like, <laughs> yeah, it's so desperate and sad. <laughs> please, please, please serve alms for the poor. poor. Yeah, holding out your hat. Um, but yeah, so reaching out, I mean, taking time to, you should be doing that, trying to be doing that all the time. Right. But it's not always easy when you're in a peak. So take advantage of that, that lull of a valley and get yourself scheduled. You can schedule so much now with digital marketing. Mm-hmm. You can schedule everything. So nobody even knows that. Right. So spending some time to take a step back even and think about your business. Are you going the right direction? Uh-huh. So now is the time to think about what's worked. Why have I been in a peak? What's worked? What have I loved about the, the past projects I've been right. doing? How can I bring more my way? Uh-huh. And so being able to take a step back and really think about what's been successful and why you've been so busy for the past six months or two months or two weeks or whatever it was, and trying to draw more in your direction by right. marketing outreach and, and just personal outreach too. Right. Well, and with the personal outreach, I mean, I think a way that you can be really effective is just to stay in touch with your key mm-hmm. players. Yes. I mean, is there a web designer that you work with a lot? Is there an ad agency that you do some work for? Who are your key people? Mm-hmm. Not just your existing clients, but who do you get work referred to you from? How often? I'll be looking at my Google News in the morning because I wake up, I have coffee, mm-hmm. I read the news. That's just what I do. But if I see something that might appeal to a certain client or whatever, I'll drop them an email. Mm-hmm. Hey, read this and thought of you. Or if there's a networking event that we'll both be at, 
I'll send an email. Hey, will I see you at, you know, X, Y, Z. Keep in touch. Don't just pop up like, I need work. Help. Right. Exactly. Because chances are they don't have Have it it. for you at that moment. (laughs) But, you know. And I actively look to refer to them too. Right. If you're staying visible, if you're trying to stay visible all year, all year round. Right. Not just in your, not just in your valleys. um, Then that's going to be more helpful. That's going to help you prevent Mm -hmm. a valley. It will. Um, I know every time I post on LinkedIn, I get activity. Oh my gosh. You know, I get people reaching out to me and sometimes, sometimes they're projects, sometimes they're not, but I know that it's me popping up. There are key players that you need to be in touch with. Exactly. Exactly. So I think that, you know, when you're in a valley, first thing is not to panic. Don't panic. Okay. Don't do. Do not panic. (laughs) Which is so much easier said than done. Like I totally get that. I totally get it. Still be judicious about the projects that you want in your life or the things that you want in your life and, and. And be able to, you know, say, I, okay, this is something I do want to do or I don't want to do. I'm not just going to do it for the money. Right. Right. So um, you may be in a situation where you need to take on some stuff that you wouldn't normally do. Right. That's fine. But just know that your your end goal is to try to balance all of that stuff out. Right. So be sure to take some time to promote your business and yourself mm-hmm. and spend some time putting those building blocks and that foundation in place so that when you get busy again, which you will. You will. Um, you still have that marketing, that marketing's going, it's rolling, um, it's rolling out without you having to touch it. Um, what else about managing a, a valley? I think it's just keeping your eye on the big picture. You know, we were talking about forecasting and kind of planning a little bit. Mm -hmm. We uh, had talked earlier about Harvest. This is an app that we both use. And I'm able to now go back over the last couple, three years Mm -hmm. because I've used it for all of my invoicing and all of my billing and see like, oh, here I am. This is a slow time historically. Yes. It's going to ramp back up in June or in September or whatever, Mm -hmm. whenever your cycle is. And you can, when you can look over that data, and if you don't have a program like Harvest or whatever, just look over your invoices. Right. You've got them. Mm-hmm. What, have, what have been your peak times? Yes. Are you in a peak time right now? Mm-hmm. Are you in a valley? Has this traditionally been a valley for you? When do you see yourself mm-hmm. coming out of it? And I think that once you can kind of get there, you can financially plan, you can forecast, so it's not such a shock. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. Being able to, when we talk about strategies, to see the, see it coming and mitigate the intensity. Right. Being able to track patterns and anticipate, is am I coming up onto a slow time? Am I coming up onto a very busy time? Right. Um, I can always see bottlenecks coming. Oh, my gosh. I can see them I've coming. I've got one coming this week. Right. <laughs> I can see them coming. And... You know, at the same time, it's like I, you know, sit there and be like, well, how did I let this happen? I guess. Right. But um, sometimes it's because, you know, clients are, um, you know, they're, you know, you, you know, it's, you know what you have coming. So right. You, you've talked to everybody and you know what you have coming. But then they, you know, their timing seems to always like they're magnetic or something. Their timing needs to and always they all like, kind come of, together. It's like a confluence of things. And then you always have a couple more that kind of flow in at the same time. And so it can be, it can be tough to control the timing of things. But what I like to do is if I do know something's coming or look back, I'm tracking, oh, this, you know, in June of last year, I did this. I, it looks like I'm going to have a couple more projects coming in in June. Maybe I should call the client in advance right? and say, hey, my schedule's starting to fill up. Where are you on this? Do you want to do it? 
if we do it, let's get it started sooner or later. You know, let's right. adjust the timing for things that you know that might be regular things that you do. That can be a good strategy right. to, to try to mitigate the intensity of a peak for sure. And also, honestly, a valley. So maybe there's something that you do in June every year for a certain client mm-hmm. that's not necessarily time specific that you may be able, maybe you're experiencing a, a lull in April or May. Right. You might call them and say, hey, I've got time on my schedule right now. Would you like to take advantage of that? And let's get this project done early. I know I had in the middle of my video stuff right before the holidays, I have a video project that for the past probably seven years, uh-huh. I've done it for a certain client. And I hadn't heard from them yet. And usually they get in touch with me in early December and I hadn't heard from them yet. And I was, <laughs> I was kind of hoping, I mean, I was a little worried about the scheduling on everything. Right. And I knew like every year it was kind of iffy, like we, I might get the project, I might not. So I reached out to them proactively and said, hey, haven't heard from you yet. Right. But I wanted to check in because if we, if you want me to do this, we've got to get it on the calendar like today. We have to get it on the calendar somewhere because I'm, my January is filling up. And they emailed back and said, oh, actually, we don't need you this year. And I was a little relieved. Right. <laughs> and, um, you know, some things had worked out in a different way, and they were doing it differently, and they didn't need me. But, you know, I first of all, that helped alleviate a little anxiety right. on my part because I was trying to figure out how am I going to fit this in exactly. if they do need me. And if they do need me, are they going to call me at the last minute to need me to do it? And so just being proactive and being able to say – hey, do you need me? Do you not? Mm-hmm. To mitigate a valley, maybe you try to, you know, encourage them to get into your timeline a little right. earlier. And also get into your timeline a little earlier if you're anticipating a log jam, because anything you can do to kind of move, control those pieces and when they're coming in into exactly. your, to your time frame. Well, and good. also this kind of helps define boundaries because you're you're not just available right to them yes. whenever they need you yeah yeah eight to five monday through friday mm-hmm. and i've it's not beyond the realm of of acceptability to reach out to a regular client and say hey my next quarter's filling up mm-hmm. i know that traditionally we've done x y or z is that still in the plan yes i want to make sure that i have time scheduled for it yeah because you're respecting their needs then right. like hey we've always done this thing together I want to make sure that I get you premium spot on my calendar. Right, exactly. It's helping them to plan, uh-huh. and yeah, it's, it's ensuring that they they get the time that they need from you. Right. And that you go get, get your haircut. Yes. You book your next appointment. Right, exactly. What a concept. Yeah. <laughs> right, <laughs> massage too. You don't just walk in and get a massage. I'm here. Massage Who's ready? Yeah. Right. No, no you I, don't. <laughs> I set that appointment. You you know, I, my dogs. I have their grooming appointment mm-hmm. scheduled for the whole year. Right. Yeah. It's there for yeah. the whole year. We really need to take cues from our friends in these, these appointment based service industries because yeah, they're doing it right. And they really, really right. are. Yes, they know they know how to do this. So yeah, but t- tracking patterns and anticipating. So I know I always know that my fall and uh, end of year are very busy. Uh-huh. My summer tends to be a little lighter. And then beginning of the year is pretty busy, and then spring is kind of, you know, it can go either way. Right. So, um, and I just know that from experience, but then also looking back at invoices, track, mm-hmm. I track through Harvest as well. And I can, it's beautiful because I can just like do a report and see. I know. It's a wonderful thing. So I can see where my peaks and valleys have traditionally been. It's really the best $12 I spend each month. It really is. Uh-huh. It's, yeah, it yeah. definitely is. Oh, it does, it does so much. Does so much. 
to make my life. I get the easier. little I get the little week summaries now in my email. Oh yeah, like I this is I how you too. spent your time last yeah. week, and sometimes it's like oh. <gasps> But you'll realize, like, I spent way more time on this than I thought, or, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of a, a nice way to look back. Yeah. Per, yeah. per project, per task. Yeah. Oh, and it's great during tax time. It's very easy to yeah. pull reports and figure out who, yeah, who you invoiced and when. So, love it. Love it. So, um, we've talked about strategies to deal with it in the moment and strategies to see it coming and mitigating the intensity. What about... I mean, what we all are working toward is a more balanced schedule. What a concept. <laughs> I mean, balanced schedule. Say it as a show. <laughs> so one of, the, one of the things I try to employ <laughs> is, uh, and uh, again, you know, my husband, was, after listening to the last podcast, he was like, you really need to follow your own advice. <laughs> but is try to remember how it feels. How terrible it feels to be in a peak when you can't breathe and you you haven't moved from your desk in six hours and you walk out of your you know office looking like a zombie and you feel like you're in triage mode, you're overwhelmed, and there's a giant anvil on your sh- shoulders that you're trying to carry uphill. Right. Remembering how that feels is very important in, in like right now I'm sliding down into a little bit of at least a plateau, probably not a full valley. Right. So I'm enjoying I enjoying a little bit of breathing space. Yes. So instead of just skipping along and <laughs> waiting for the next peak, I need to remember how it feels and I need to be planning ahead for for that. Well, I agree, and I think that myself, I mean just coming off of this bad sick, like whew, mm-hmm. I don't know what that was. I'm not going to go there again. Like right. I do remember how mm-hmm. it feels and I'm not going yeah. to go there again. I'm going to leave my desk by 6 p.m. every day. Mm-hmm. That's not a big ask. No, Most people not. I know mm-hmm. have left their desk by 6 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say no and I will say not right now. And I will manage my schedule better so as to not be there again. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm lying when I say I'm not going to be there. Right. But I'm not going to be there for long. Right. Yeah. And you're going to have more control over it. Right. You're going to have more focus. Well, we have a friend who um, has recently uh, decided that she's she's done with this too. She's uh-huh. done. She kind of does similar things to what we do. And she is done with the whole extreme peaks right. situation. And she has just made it very clear that she's reducing her office hours mm-hmm. and the time that she's going to be client facing. And she's going to take control of her life back. Right. And we were talking actually just last night and she was saying how, you know, she, she's been doing this to herself. Right. She has been. Because in our efforts to try to be all things to all people and deliver excellent customer service, we overextend ourselves when our clients would be completely fine if we said, not right now, Mm -hmm. next Thursday. Yes, absolutely. And so, and I, I know other folks who do, um, I know your husband does Fridays. He's not client facing on right. Fridays. That's a goal for me. I have another, uh, friend who's a web, web developer. She's Friday, Fridays. She's not client facing. As a matter of fact, I think she's, I think at this point she doesn't take all of Friday off, but Friday at noon, then she's off, off the clock. She's right. She takes off. So Friday morning she spends doing her weekly mop up of uh-huh. details and invoicing and stuff like that. And then at noon, she's done. Right. Um, and she holds that true unless there's an emergency, like a true emergency, a website goes down or something like that. Mm-hmm. She's not She's not available. Right. Our friend, uh, um, we've got a friend who's a hairstylist, and she turns her phone off at 6 o'clock because there are really no haircut emergencies. My husband turns his phone off. Yeah. On the weekends, mm-hmm. I get his text messages from our friends. Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah. And it's a beautiful thing. And and if ever all of these other folks are able to do this, surely you and I can do this. Surely. I, I'm interested to know from our listeners, how do you maintain your boundaries? How do you set your your hours and, and hold true to them? I mean, yeah. what, what do you use? What do yeah. your clients expect from you? Because I'm trying to move towards the Friday too, to where it's mm-hmm. just my mop-up day. Yes. I'm not taking appointments. I'm not taking phone calls. I might meet you for lunch or, mm-hmm. or you know, do some, some sort of passion project, but I'm not going to work work. That's my goal yes. for the first quarter. Yeah. I think that's a good goal. I think you deserve it. I think you deserve it too. <laughs> I should do that too. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, that's, so that's one way is, is just, you know, really kind, trying to uh, remember how it feels and, and think about the fact that you don't want to be in that situation It makes again. me short of breath just to think about it. Just yeah. like, oh, <gasps> yeah. I can't get it all done. And my heart rate increases and oh. I get a little, my hands get a little sweaty. Like, I just can't. I, well, yeah. It's like you, Christmas rush. I mean, I was at my desk at 6.30 in the morning Ugh. and still at my desk at 8.30 at night. No. Not good. Not good. Not good. For four days in a row. Not Not good. good. So yeah, remember and you can't, how it feels. You can't sustain that pace, not physically, not emotionally, not, not creatively. Age. Oh gosh, no, no, not a fool. So uh, yeah, remember how it feels and vow to never be in the same situation never again. Never again. We learn from have, our experiences. Yeah, you will have peaks and you'll have occasional days when you're working harder than you you want to be. Right, and you'll have valleys that might you mm-hmm. know urge you to try to make stupid decisions. Don't <laughs> just don't say no. Keep your eye Walk on the prize. Away. Walk away. Walk away. Um, staying organized, I think is, is, you know, again, just back to whatever your organization, uh, model is. Right. Just staying organized and keeping, you know, not getting to, you get into a lull and you're like, oh, I'm going to take a break. And, you know, then you kind of just, right. you know, don't stay structured. I mean, I think having constant, some type of form of structure in and, your daily routine. And if you is don't important. have one, take this next ballet to figure one out. Yes. What's going to work for what you? What works for you? Because one size does not fit all. No. And it took me, it probably took me two or three years to come up with my, the way that probably I Probably me things. too. Yeah. You know, and, and it works for me. It might not work for everybody. I, I know you you do more of a daily and I've got to see the. I've got I have like to see the full week. I've got my like life list. Yeah, like, you have you have your giant, giant big the, picture, the and then you list. have your tiny little and my list. little pink post it. Yeah, yeah. And then I have to have I I'm more in the middle. I've got to right. have my week, my week by week, but then my daily on top of that. So. Well, and I have certain clients who use project management software, and I'm plugged into that. But I still take those tasks that mm-hmm. are assigned to me. And put them on my master list. Yeah. Because I can't, it's like your calendar. You can't have it in multiple places. No. You have to have, have, to have everything one in one place. Yeah. Yeah. So staying organized and sticking to, coming up with an organization model that's going to work for you in a peak and carrying it over when you do have a valley. So you'll have less on your list or whatever, you know, in your project management software or whatever you're using, but you're still maintaining that structure on a daily or weekly right. basis. So you've got some type of structure. So you stay in a routine and it'll help you kind of stay focused. Also continuing to just look on the horizon, mm-hmm. what's coming, what should be coming. What um, can you go get? What can I go get? Exactly. What? I, yes. What can you go get? Um, saying no, learning to say no. Oh, it every, in every scenario when right. you're in a peak, learning to say no, mm-hmm. when you're in a valley, learning to say mm-hmm. no, and when you're trying to figure out this whole maintaining of work-life balance. Right. Here's no. the thing. I raised two kids doing this. 
I've been in valleys. Some of them have been very scary. Some of them have been very long. I'm grateful that my valleys aren't quite as big or as scary now, but there were times in my life that they've been pretty desperate and dire. Mm-hmm. Get a temp job. Yeah. I've done mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I've done it, you know, to where I'll work two weeks, three days a week or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I pick back up. It's a temp job. No harm, no foul. Mm-hmm. You know, you're a Kelly girl or a, or yep. a Penmec mm-hmm. temp or whatever. It's okay. If you still intend to own and operate your own business, these things happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Don't go take a job job. Those are harder to get out right. of. Right, yes. Or they morph into, yeah. I was just going to be a part-time media buyer. <laughs> no, you weren't. You're going to be all the things. And so, you know, just do what you've got to do to get by mm-hmm. and realize that it's a temporary place, especially if you're marketing and you're yeah. moving forward. Yeah. Yeah, I have a friend who's got her own business. I don't know if she's still doing it or not, but I know for the first several years of her business... She kept a very small part-time job, very small, just a few hours a week. Mm -hmm. For one reason, she just wanted to stay connected to people, Mm -hmm. you know. But, um, you know, it probably also provided her a little bit of, you know, revenue coming in that she could count on. Oh, yeah. I kept a part-time job for years. Mm -hmm. And I've done temp jobs. And You know what I would like to do as a part-time job? What? Arrange flowers. Oh, I love to good. arrange flowers. That would be good. I've even thought about just, you know, except that I usually, uh, Valentine's Day this year wouldn't have worked because I because was Because you were in busy. a peak. <laughs> Christmas should be in a peak too. sometimes pretty busy right before Mother's Day. I usually have a pretty regular video project right around that time. And yeah, Christmas wouldn't have worked. But just to go in, you know, when they have overflow work, just to, right. you know, a couple times a year and just arrange flowers. I think it would just be so I had a friend who would part, she would temp uh, delivery. Oh, that Flower would be the delivery. best job. Yeah. See, that would be even better probably than, uh-huh. than arranging. Arranging, I would really love to arrange, but delivery. She's a self-employed entrepreneur as well, mm-hmm. and she would, around the holidays, deliver flowers. Uh-huh. She knew the, you know, the owner of the flower mm-hmm. shop. It gave her a few extra bucks and helped her get through a valley. Uh-huh, yeah. And yeah. it was something she loved. Yeah. I'll That's connect cool. you. Yes, connect <laughs> me. I'll arrange the flowers. She can deliver them. So, but yeah, I think... I think the thing is, I think that maybe the moral of the story is if you're going to, if you're going to be busy, be busy living your life. Right. You know, and just know that you, yeah, you do. Maybe you feel like you've got to do certain things to stay, keep your head above water. Mm-hmm. But, um, and it's okay. And it's okay. We've all been there. We, we all may still be there again at some point. Yeah, I am not above it. No, no. And so, uh, just, but just. The long-term goal is to have a little more balance in your schedule. Right. And, you know, we talked about this, like, you know, working, when you're working so hard, you end up paying in other areas of your life. You do. And so, you know, maybe there are some ways to, you you just need to recognize what you're, what it's costing you to work as hard as you're working. Funny that you bring that up because my husband and I were just talking this after I came off of this, I actually fell off the peak Mm-hmm. I think, of the the amount of money that we spend when I'm as busy as I mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. or as, you know, I've been in the past. Ordering in, mm-hmm. paying someone to clean my house, mm-hmm. doing, you know, just things that normally I would just do myself. Like, I like to clean my house. Right. Well, I mean, I don't like it, but... You can come over and clean mine. <laughs> would you like to clean mine? <laughs> I really don't like like to clean mine. Okay. But you know what I'm saying. There's things that, mm-hmm. that you do... When you're too busy to do them yourself, you right. hire somebody to do them mm-hmm. for you. I have uh, another friend who I worked with for a long, long time. She's a designer. And when we would have a big deadline or a big project that we would finish, 
we'd have a boot week. Like it was a total oh, boot, yes. week. boot week. And so we'd go buy boots. Uh-huh. Like we earned those boots because we worked so hard, you know? <laughs> and so you, you do things for yourself as you're trying to kind of prop yourself up mm-hmm. to get through the peak. Mm-hmm. You're ordering more food. You're buying more boots. You're doing all these things that when you have a manageable schedule, aren't as right. necessary. Exactly. Like I like to cook. Mm-hmm. I love to cook. Yeah. Yes. But not when it's 8.30 at night. And no, and you're exhausted st- and you're mentally, you can't even read a recipe or. No, yeah. I can't defrost something. Are you kidding? Yeah. You know? That's where the Instant Pot comes in handy. I know. I love my Instant Pot. <laughs> but I mean, some days just chopping an onion, like I don't have time oh, I know. to go yeah. do that. Mm-hmm. And so I'll get a hold of my husband. I'll say, pick us up some food on your way home or we're all going to die. You know? Yes. Yeah. That's money you don't have to spend when, when you have a manageable schedule because you can go and do what you enjoy. Cook a meal. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. You don't really need new boots. No, you don't really need new boots. No. Sometimes you need new Sometimes, boots. Sometimes, but, maybe but not. not as often. So that's that's our kind of our advice for um, surviving peaks and valleys. And we yes. would love to hear from you. So if you have strategies or if you have questions, please head to our Facebook group. Uh, if you're not a member yet, the Women of Wobizzle. And... Um, and uh, tell us what you think. So right. if you're not a member yet, join. Ask to join. We'll, we'll add you. You can also just head to our Wobizzle Facebook page and uh, communicate with us there. We'd love to hear from you. So we did refer to something uh, earlier uh, several times. Uh, this is a segment of our podcast that we like to call Things We Love. Oh, yes. The Things We Love. The Things We Love. And the Harvest app is something we both love. And I know we've talked about it before, but let me say it again. It is the best $12 I spend every month. Yeah. And they're not even, they don't even sponsor us. No. We, this is unsolicited. I mean, they can. <laughs> if they want to, they can. Just feel free to email Melissa at wobizzle.com. That's W-O-B-I-Z-Z-L-E.com. But yeah, they don't they don't even sponsor us, but we love it that much. We, we they, there's an unsolicited praise for this this app. It is an app that um, allows you to track your time, and you can split things down by project and even hourly rate and and things like that. There's just right. wonderful ways to split it split it out. So you track your time. You can invoice out of it. Mm-hmm. You can connect it with a PayPal account so you can receive credit card payments. You can also do direct deposit in the bank. I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. I mean, you You can set up reminders Mm -hmm. when it's when it's items are past due. Um, There's all kinds of fun little. You can add your logo to your invoices, which I've done. Yes, Yes, you showed me how to do that. So yeah, it's just a really wonderful app for tracking time and invoicing. Right. I can invoice so fast now. Yes. Yeah. It's, so fast. It's a, I'm, I'm so glad. I, I started using it. I had a client that used it, and they, wanted, they added me to their system because they were, their projects were very uh, like project number intense. Uh-huh. And so it just made it easier for them, for me to track my time in their program so that they right. could you know, um, be able to keep track of how long things were taking on certain items. And I just fell in love with it. And mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. It's the it's the best $12 I spend every month. Right. I have weird little reminders set up for myself now. Uh-huh. And I'll get an email every morning, you know, by 8.30. It's time to start tracking time, you know. Uh-huh. It's yeah. like, reminder, start billing for those hours. You're sitting at your desk. What are you doing? Yeah. And yeah. I get the week re- you know weekly report showing what I spent per client, you know, what I did per client, per task, and, and how mm-hmm. I broke up all of my billable hours. And so it's just such a wonderful forecasting tool and a way to look back mm-hmm. and, and a way to manage the here and now. Yeah. And certainly there are other programs out there that I'm sure 
oh, yeah. other people love, but this is this is something that we we, we love. Love it. Yeah. So, um let's talk what, what about gratitude this week? What are we what are we grateful for? Well, I'm grateful that I feel better, but that's getting kind yes, of redundant. I'm grateful um, about that too. <laughs> I'm grateful that I'm in a manageable place, that even though I'm in a tiny bit of a valley, Mm -hmm. I definitely see a peak on the horizon Mm -hmm. and that I have the ability to forecast that and and plan for it. Mm -hmm. I'm grateful for that too. I have my decks cleared. Yeah. Last week, I think it was Wednesday, about 520, Mm -hmm. I got up from my desk for the first time at before six in a long time. Nice. And... I had an overwhelming sense of relief because I had my decks officially cleared. I had all of the projects that I wanted kind of wrapped up were either wrapped up or they were now back in someone else's court for next steps. Nice. And it was just, I mean, I really had nothing to do the next day. (laughs) That's, I mean, I that's awesome. I stuff I could do. But I had nothing that had to be done nice. the next morning, and so it was. It, I'm very grateful to be in that spot, and yeah, I'm. I'm. Yeah, I, I suppose I might be in a valley right now, or I. I feel like it's more of a plateau. Well, I think you're in a pre-travel ba- valley. Yes, I mean you're you're yeah. in a planned valley yes. right now. Yeah, I am in a planned valley. I've been working hard to get some th- stuff cleared so I can do a little vacationing. So, but. Uh, but yeah, it's a wonderful feeling. Very grateful for it. Oh yeah, Very nice. For it. We'd like to hear what you're grateful for too. Please go to our Facebook page and ask to join the Women of Woe Bizzle. We have some great conversations there. Yes, definitely. And do we have an inspirational quote for this this week? Well, I don't know how inspirational it is. It well, it inspires me. Okay, let's hear it. Until we can manage time, we can manage nothing else. Peter Ooh, Drucker. Yes. Yeah, that's true. So true. You know, so it's not inspirational as much as it is a reminder. Definitely. Manage your time. Yes. All right. Well, that's it for this week. If you've got questions or maybe you've got tips, go to woebizzle.com or go to our Facebook group, The Women of Woebizzle. And again, if you haven't joined, please do. We'd be glad to have you. Once again, thanks. Thanks for listening to The Woebizzle Podcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or wherever you prefer to listen. If you love what we're putting down, please rate us too. That would mean a lot. But most importantly, we want you to be part of our community. Head over to Facebook and request to join our group, The Women of Woebizzle, and get the tools you need to succeed by signing up for our free weekly marketing tips at woebizzle.com. We want to know what you're thinking. What challenges do you face? What questions do you have about running your business? Contact us on woebizzle.com and let us know. Bye Bye for for now. now.